Surprise. <laughs> yes, I know I promised that I wouldn't start broadcasting until March 25th, but uh, yeah, you know, today was a kind of strangely busy day for spring training, so I just wanted to get on here and talk. So let's do a bonus episode of the new Locked On Tigers podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So uh, yeah, I'm your host, Chris Brown, and today we're just going to talk real quick about today's Tigers game, which was an interesting one, and we're going to talk about the news about Michael Fulmer being shut down indefinitely, and then I'm going to break down a couple of the new rules changes that they announced, and finally I'm going to talk to you a little bit about four outfielders. Not a fourth outfielder, but teams putting four men in the outfield, uh, which seems to to be happening and it's something to look out for this year but uh so yeah first of all just want to uh, remind you to go ahead and follow me on twitter at locked on tigers or email me at gmail well at locked on tigers gmail of course and uh yeah go ahead and, and, and subscribe to us and leave comments and reviews because that helps uh but let's just get right into it so today's tigers game the tigers tied the red sox 4-4 in a a somewhat uh, interesting game. It started by Matt Boyd, and Matt Boyd went out there, and he was kind of Matt Boyd. He uh, he got the start. He was uh, pitching fastball was like 90 to 93. He touched 94, which is pretty good. He was more down to 90 last year, but got uh, got that velocity up later in the season. But he gave up uh, three runs on five hits and a walk, which is kind of what you expect from Matt Boyd. You know, he'll have those games where he goes seven innings and only gives up a run, but other times it's five innings and three runs. He's kind of a, a back-end starter. But one, one interesting thing about the game today, which was unusual for Boyd, is he got five ground ball outs, including a couple double plays, I think, and just two fly ball outs, which uh, last year, Matt Boyd was one of uh, the least likely pitchers in the league to give up ground balls. He was an extreme fly ball pitcher. I think among qualified starters, he had the second lowest ground ball rate. So I don't know if he was working on something or if it's just one of those random events, but maybe something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, so the Red Sox only sent about three regulars, maybe two and a half regulars today and Andrew Benintendi, Rafael Devers, and Steve Pierce. And Boyd took care of Benintendi, which is, is good to see. He struck him out, got a pop out, and got a ground out. Devers got him for two singles, but one of them was kind of, hey, Kristen Stewart's not a great defender, and that's a free single for you. Uh, but Steve Pierce, who of course was the World Series MVP last year, he nailed Boyd for a two-run homer, and then he also had another homer later in the day, so it was a big game for him. Uh, on the other side, the Red Sox had Eduardo Rodriguez, pitching and he was impressive uh he got started off kind of slowly the tigers got to him for three runs in the second inning uh starting with a, a goodrum walk that's one of the reasons we like nico goodrum he actually will walk at like a league average rate which is something that the tigers haven't had really and then jamer candelario hit a double off him and this is where i remind you uh that jamer candelario hit close to 300 against left-handed pitching last year he hit 291 his real struggles were against right-handed pitchers as a left-handed batter he hit just 199 so another thing to maybe keep an eye out on this year but he he stroked him for a double and then grayson griner came up and hit a double a two-run double and uh yeah in case in case maybe you checked out last year i I figure most of the people listening to this early bonus episode are pretty uh locked locked on if you will to the tigers so they know who grayson griner is but we're going to try to make this show a little bit more broad for people and if you checked out last year you probably missed grayson griner but grayson griner is their catcher this year probably going to be their starting catcher replacing james mccann he was their third round pick uh, out of south carolina in 2014 and at six foot six he's the tallest regular catcher in major league history so that'd be something interesting and i have kind of a funny story uh Regarding Grayson Griner, last year I went to a Tigers game late in the season with my buddies uh, Roger, Mark, and Brandon, and there was a, a, a young woman sitting in front of us, probably in her young 20s, and you could tell she just wasn't a very big baseball fan. She was asking us really basic questions about rules and, and you know what things on the scoreboard meant, and she looks up at the scoreboard and she says, Grayson Griner? I went to school with Grayson Griner. Remember, he dated my friend such and such. 
And it just struck me as really funny that this this woman had managed to come to a Tigers game. You know, I asked her, I, I confirmed with her, yeah, she went to South Carolina. It, it just was kind of funny to me that she w- had gone to this Tigers game not knowing that a former acquaintance of hers was actually a Major League Baseball player. Uh, so, yeah, it was just a silly thing. But uh, anyway, Griner had the double, and uh, that, that gave the Tigers three runs. And then Rodriguez basically just locked in and shut everybody down. I think he, he re- uh, retired 10 of the next 11 hitters and seven of them via strikeout. So, like I said, he was, he was really impressive. Uh, let's see what else happened in the game. Later in the game, uh, Reed Garrett, the Tigers' Rule 5 draft pick this year, and if you don't know what the Rule 5 uh, draft is, just send me an email and I'll explain in a later show. He came in and he showed what, I think, what the Tigers liked about him. He was pitching, sitting 96, touching 97, and, and he couldn't throw strikes for the most part, and he couldn't locate his fastball or his breaking ball. But you see the big arm. You see why they like him. I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, keep him on the in, in the bullpen. Like, really, they, they should because they're not going anywhere this year. They they should keep them no matter what, but they might want to try to justify not keeping them because they're, they're claiming that they're going to compete. But uh, so they may have to work out a trade with the Rangers to, to keep them. But uh, so that was kind of interesting, interesting look at him. And then uh, in the eighth inning, the Tigers tied up the game at four-four on a Ronnie Rodriguez double. And one of the cool things that happened in that inning was, was later in the inning, uh, you know, the game was broadcast by Cam Gibson or Kirk Gibson, Cam Gibson's father, and Matt Shepard. And Cam Gibson came up to bat in that inning, so so Gibby and Shep got to call him uh, his at bat. And you know, I know some people don't like Kirk Gibson's kind of monotone, lackadaisical announcing style, and, and prospect people like me aren't crazy about Cam Gibson, but it was still a really cool moment to see something like that, a dad getting a call a game that his son's playing on. And then finally, the, the ignominious end to this game, the reason it was a tie, with two outs in the ninth, Gordon Beckham, who's fighting for his baseball life and trying to make the roster, he walked with two outs, and then he got picked off trying to steal second uh, to end the game in a tie, which, you know, depending on, on how the coaches feel about that, maybe it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it's probably not what you want to do when you're fighting for your, your baseball life. So that was uh, yesterday's game, and then ordinarily, we'd probably be doing a, an ad right here, and then I'd be talking about tomorrow's game, but uh, like I said, this is a bonus episode, and I don't know, uh, we haven't even worked out how to do ads yet, so I'm just going to roll right on with the biggest news of the day, which came out right after the game, was that Michael Fulmer has been shut down. He was scheduled to start tomorrow. He's been shut down indefinitely to refine his lower body mechanics. Now, again, if you haven't been paying attention, Fulmer had knee surgery in the offseason. I think it was his third surgery on that knee, and he's been wearing a brace on the knee all spring, something that I don't remember another pitcher doing, uh, and his velocity from has been about 88 to 92 this spring, which he was throwing average fastball. His average fastball last year was 96 miles per hour, so his velocity is basically down 6 miles per hour this year, and up until now, Fulmer and the Tigers, they were saying, hey, we're not worried about it. You know, strength's coming back. Uh, just trying to learn how to pitch again. Uh, but there really is, there's no way to sugarcoat a, a drop in velocity like that. At six miles an hour, I've never heard of anybody succeeding after a drop like that. You can succeed at 90 miles an hour, but generally it's either all you can muster and you learn to pitch that way, or you are gradually dropping from 95 to 94 to 93. So so that's a bummer because Fulmer is you know one of the few Tigers who's exciting and, and, and should be fun to watch this year. Uh, and also because he was scheduled, not scheduled, projected to be their top pitcher this year. So they, the Tigers have seemingly lost their best pitcher. And it's indefinite, so we don't know for how long. But really, I mean, maybe this is a blessing in disguise because there's no reason to push him. You know, your most talented pitcher. No reason to push him in a season where you're not planning on competing. And you know, they, I know the Tigers like to claim that they're going to compete, but there's let's be realistic. They're not going to compete. So give him some time. No reason to push him. Maybe he works everything out and, and it comes back. Uh, you know, 
it's hard not to worry a little bit, though. As my, my pessimistic buddy Rob said, it's, it's, it feels a little bit like Mark Fidrich, who came out and won the Rookie of the Year and obviously was a phenomenon and then kind of fell apart after that. And he, he, I don't want to go there just yet, but like I said, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, uh, little bit concerning. So that's our Tigers news for the day. Like I said, an unusually busy day for the Tigers. They did some other things. They, they sent some guys down in the minors, but uh, that was to be expected. Then Major League Baseball late last night put out some official rule changes that are coming, some this year, some next year. And uh, most of them are, are you know, kind of minor, but I figured I'd run over them real quick. So the ones coming this year, the breaks between innings are now going to be down to two minutes flat from two minutes and five seconds for local games. So that doesn't seem like a big deal. It, uh, but two minutes and 25 seconds for national games, which, you know, it saves you some time. And the commissioner reserves the right to drop them to a minute 55 next year. So, uh, you know, maybe games will be a little bit quicker this year. We'll see. They also made it so there's only one trade deadline now. Uh, the, the, this was always kind of confusing for, for people who aren't hardcore baseball fans. But there was the trade deadline at the end of July and then another one where players had to clear waivers and could be traded all through August. And you'll remember that's how the Tigers traded Justin Verlander and, and Justin Upton. But that's gone now, so it's just one trade deadline. Uh, they've changed the way the All-Star voting takes place. I don't really care about that. I'm sure we'll talk about it later this year as the All-Star break creeps up on us. Uh, and they, the Home Run Derby is now more lucrative for participants and winners. The winner gets a million dollars. I guess they're, they're, this is their attempt to get more stars to participate in the Home Run Derby, which is fine. You know, it's kind of a, a, a silly event, but some, it's fun to watch. And uh, this year they've lowered the number of mound visits from six to five, which again was something that I don't think was a big deal. I don't remember any team really coming close to running out of mound visits last year, but maybe I'm just uh, misremembering. And then in 2020, there's some uh, more substantial changes, I think. They are increasing the official active roster from 25 man, men to 26, which means, you know, 30 more jobs every year, which is cool. And in September, the rosters will be 28 now instead of 40, which is a complaint that Jim Leland, Brad Osmus, a lot of managers have had over the last uh, few years where once those September games roll around, teams will come out and throw 20 pitchers at you in one game and the games just take forever. So everybody's trying to, to speed up the game. So this should be good. They've also, uh, they haven't defined this yet in terms of the number, but there is going to be a specific number of pitchers each team can carry. And uh, so at the beginning of the year, you either have to be designated as a position player or a pitcher or in certain sp- uh, specific cases, you can be a two-way player like Shohei Otani. And so now the rules are you can't have a position player pitch unless they're a two-way player like Otani or the game is in extra innings or their team is up or down by six runs. I don't remember how many times something like that happened last year where a guy came, like a position player came in to pitch in a close game, but uh, I guess they just want to nip that in the bud before it happens. This is the big one that everybody was talking about. Pitchers must now face at least three batters or at least pitch to the end of an inning. This is theoretically going to end the sort of lefty one-out reliever. I don't know how much of an uh, impact this is going to have other than on some Tigers uh, or some, some people like Matt Hall, who I think kind of a fringy prospect whose future kind of hinged on him being able to face one lefty at a time, but but, but we'll see. And then in the last uh, last little thing, the injured list, which of course is formerly the disabled list, they changed the name, uh, is moved back to 15 days from 10 days. They found that some teams were gaming the system. They were putting guys with minor scrapes and bruises on the 10-day disabled list to skip a start, and uh, they just want to end that sort of thing, that roster manipulation. So those are the rule changes for now. Nothing about shifts, I don't think, uh, but we'll see. But then that's kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about here was the fourth outfielder. And again, I'm not talking about a guy who can do a little bit of everything in the outfield like Mikey Matuk, and he's a good fourth outfielder to have on the roster. This is defensive alignments with four outfielders. And these uh, these are, the, you saw a couple last year, 
and uh, it's already happened twice this spring against Bryce Harper. And, and basically teams are doing this against hitters who don't hit the ball the other way, the opposite field on the ground very often, uh, but do hit the ball the opposite way in the air. So they're basically covering more ground. It makes sense. Uh, who knows how long this will go on before MLB tries to stop that too. But, uh, but yeah, one of the two teams that did that against Harper was the Blue Jays, who, of course, are the Tigers' first opponent this year to, uh, on opening day in Toronto. So we may see that. And, and I was looking at some hitters who we might see that against. And the, the one who jumps out to me is, is Kristen Stewart because I was looking at his spray, spray chart data last year, and only nine of the 151 ground balls he hit last year went to where the third baseman would be. A couple of them turned into hits. A couple of them were ground outs. But most of his ground balls were pulled, but he sprayed fly balls all around the field, left field, center field, right field, and he hit 313 or, or you know, something like that. What did he hit? I have it right here. 313, yeah. He hit 313 on fly balls. So teams are going to want to take those extra base hits away. So it, it'll be interesting to see. He might end up with 25, 30 home runs, but like five doubles this year if teams are doing this. And we might also see it against maybe uh, Jamer Candelario when he's a lefty. Probably not when he's a righty. Castellanos, probably not because teams aren't going to, you know, basically where he's not hitting ground balls is at first base, and teams aren't going to put their first baseman in the outfield. But, uh, yeah, so it's just something something to look for this year. And the question then is, will the Tigers do this this year? I haven't seen any indication or read anything about them doing this in spring training, but it wouldn't shock me if, you know, halfway through the year we might see them run out on alignment like that. And they actually do have some some guys in the roster who it would make sense to do it with, like Nico Goodrum, uh, Ronnie Rodriguez and Brandon Dixon, if they make the roster, and Josh Harrison. All those guys uh, could theoretically play the infield and the outfield, so they wouldn't be terribly out of place. So, yeah, just something to look into. And that's uh, that's it. That's our show, That the bonus episode. Uh, like I said, there was just a lot of stuff that I wanted to get off my chest, uh, and I appreciate you guys listening. And remember, like I said, contact me on Twitter, at LockedOnTigers, at Gmail, at LockedOnTigers, at Gmail. Uh, and if you downloaded this, go ahead and subscribe and rate, and I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to the actual debut on March 25th of Locked On Tigers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>